Hi, this is Wendy from HMO Success, and on today's podcast episode, I'm interviewing Kylie Menz, who helps experts create an impact. So if you're into property or HMOs and you're looking to create more impact with what you do, then you're going to want to listen up to this episode. Welcome to the HMO Success podcast. My name's Wendy, and this podcast will help you invest in houses of multiple occupation. Kylie, tell us what it is that you do and how you help people. Yeah, so um, my back, yeah, so drop my background or what I do now. Um, so I basically help people take their knowledge and expertise and turn around and turn it into cash flow online. So looking at creating online courses, programs, membership sites, that sort of thing. So um, my background is in a state agency, though, which you know, in property and in headhunting and recruitment. Um, and then I didn't want to be there anymore. And I wanted freedom. Yay. Great thing is you've got this this uh, fantastic combination of knowing about property, understanding property. And I think that's how we first met, wasn't it, at the property event in London a few years ago. And uh, and also being a woman, which is great because we need more women in property. Um, <laughs> but you've got this uh, this specialism now, which is which is marketing and helping people to uh, understand their niche and understand how to create uh, an income stream from uh, utilizing that niche to attract customers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of how to position yourself, how to package yourself up and how to understand how you can use it in your business, um, no matter what you want to do. There's always avenues for you. But yeah, using marketing in a um, really effective way yeah, to get you noticed. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay, so today, obviously, we're, we're broadcasting live onto the HMO Success Group. Yeah. So. Everybody in this group has got some interest in some way or another in HMOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today would be really helpful for us to understand what 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 advice would you give to somebody who's uh, you know getting into property? Um, they may have a ver- have had a varied career. We have lots of people in property who've done all sorts of different things before they decide that they want to create a, 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 an income stream. So how can what you do help them, Kylie? Yeah, I think the biggest things that um, I see a lot of, especially when people are getting started in property, is they suddenly forget all their previous experience <laughs> um, and previous skills. Um, and one of the things that I like to do with people is when you start to think about your brand and when you're starting to think about how to position yourself in the marketplace, is don't forget the skills that you've already got. So um, one of the things that I like to look at is for you to do a bit of a value summary around everything that you've learned, your skills, all your expertise, Um, any type of experiences you've been through and then start to think about how you can bring that through into your marketing. So, um, you know, it might be that you were a project manager in your previous time um, and obviously going into property just because you're not, you weren't managing properties, you were managing projects, but that's a valuable skill set in relation to your marketplace. So doing a bit of a skills order, I think is really always good when people are starting to look at their marketing and how to position themselves um, because it's the value behind what you bring to the table that people seem to suddenly forget. You become a bit of a newbie again, don't you, when you start? It's like, oh, I'm new, new in property. And um, I hear this a lot when I'm out networking and everyone says, oh, I'm new to property. And I'm like, great, great. That's really not how to sell yourself. So it's, it's starting to think about positioning yourself in a very, very different way. Um, And I think now more than ever that's needed in this type of marketplace too. 
So that's really useful advice. Uh, I, I see that a lot where people have uh, had a successful career and developed skills and almost feel that they those skills and the things that they've done previously are irrelevant. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, almost it's like they feel like they're in the, the you know, year seven, first first term at school and they know nothing. And yeah. I think that acknowledgement that actually they've got some really important skills. Mm-hmm. And it might be, I mean, it, when I started in property, one of the, the key skills I brought was being a mum. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. looking after four boys and, and, and providing for them and you know, organising my household and all of the kind of domestic stuff as well. Uh, again, I think we can think, oh, that's got nothing to do with property. It's a bit irrelevant. But actually, it isn't. It's all about juggling. It's about timekeeping. It's about managing four streams of uh, necessity, if you like. So there's, I think there's all sorts of things that people have in previous lives that they've lived, which really do impact their property business and their property journey. And especially from a marketing perspective for that as well, because, you know, it makes you really unique. Like one of the things that attracts people into you is that you are a mum, <laughs> you know, yeah. that you do juggle all this stuff and that you're building a business and you've built a really successful business whilst doing that. Um, so you're not just sharing your kind of property education and what you do, you share your life as well. Um, so that's really, really important to acknowledge in relation to it makes you different. It makes you stand out from the crowd as well. Um, and I think that's really important. People tend to try and be this persona online and it's like, no, be real, be who you are. Um, I think that's really, really important. So when when it comes to a brand, one of the things that I, I did sort of fairly early on in, in our uh, property journey, particularly when we started getting into HMOs, is very much to think about branding. Um, can you can you give us a bit of your thoughts, Kylie, about branding? What is a brand? What makes up a brand? What what should people be thinking about themselves about branding? You mentioned branding earlier. Why does it really matter? Yeah, because it, it well it does matter um, heavily now. Because if you look at most even businesses now, companies, um, even if you're building a company brand, um, a lot of people are now having to step out behind the scenes and become the front runners in their marketing. So you know you look at Richard Branson; he's a classic example. Yes, he's got businesses, but he has a personal brand as well. So personal branding is so important in this day and age because of social media and the use of social media. Um, and a lot of people used to see branding as, you know, your pretty logo. It was just the basic colors. It was a logo and that was it. Um, but that's not what actually is your brand. Your brand is about you. It's your personality. It's your values. It's everything that you stand for, your mission, your vision. Um, and basically, it's the value that you bring to your marketplace. Um, so to really understand deep around what you bring to the table. And that's why we start to look at, you know, your skills are just one element. But, you know, the life experiences, like you said, being a mum, you know, what sort of things like my favourite ones, travel. You know, I love to travel. So that's always throughout things in my business normally. <laughs> Obviously, we're a little bit restricted right now. But generally, it's a part of my business, part of my branding, part of my marketing, because it's what I love to do. So how can you bring those sorts of things through into your brand? It's what you stand for. Um, and having some very, very core messages of what you believe in is really, really important. Okay, so that's really useful. And I think because in, in property, generally, there are two or three 
ways in which um, you may want to brand yourself. Um, and, and what I mean is be clear about your brand, because as yes. you say, your, your brand is who you are. Your brand is an expression of who you are. It, it shouldn't be completely alien. It shouldn't step mean that you have to sort of step into this pair of shoes which don't fit you, should it? it, it you're walking in shoes that fit you, that are comfortable. But sometimes I think that people feel I've got to, they've got to be something else or do something else or be someone else. Um, but that's, as you say, after a while, that, that lack of authenticity will actually show through to the marketplace and people will see, hang on a minute, you're not really being real and true to who you are. Um, and, and people pick up on that, don't they? They do. And actually you struggle with it too, because it's quite funny, because I can talk from that from a personal perspective, because when I first started, I'd worked with a particular coach in America who was incredible, brilliant training, really good staff. But of course, it was like you were meant to turn out to be the same as them. Um, and of course, I was just so different. I was like, I'm not like that. I like working with the guys and I like, you know, I'm a bit of a pub girl I'm not a designer girl it's like I don't like those sorts of things so originally when I first started doing my branding and stuff I felt really fake um I you know I tried to be this big persona but it wasn't actually me um and actually my business has tripled since I stopped being someone else <laughs> and actually just appreciated the real assets of me um and again especially from a personality perspective as well I always say it's like the Vegemite and Marmite effect um, is that you want to be the loved or hated in a way sometimes. So it's owning who you are and appreciating that because people buy from people. Um, you know, not everyone's going to resonate with you. Not everyone's going to resonate with the next person. It's like it's who they're going to resonate is who they're going to do the work with anyway. So, you know, you're better off being much more authentic and real because that's who's actually going to want to do business with you. Mm. So. It feels to me that when you're starting off in property, there's there's kind of three areas which you this this is going to apply to you. Mm -hmm. um, number one is finding deals, finding property deals. Uh, number two is finding investors if you haven't got your own money to invest with. So finding uh, you know potential angels or joint venture partners. Um, and actually, number three is tenants. Uh, even if you're using an agent to tenant your properties, I personally think that as your business grows, you still want to develop some kind of business branding, which tenants can actually relate to. And they can see that this is your business. This is this is one of your business assets. And yes. this is how you deal with and treat tenants. Um, what, what, what advice would you give to somebody, therefore, who's maybe starting off, they're thinking, right, I'm, I'm perhaps in a job right now, I'm, I'm you know, swapping my nine to five for, for income, but I really want to start to pivot and I want to create a second stream of income. And maybe long term that does become either, uh, you know, a, it, that, that subsidizes a part time job or, as in my case, I give up my part time job altogether and throw myself in yeah. and uh, you know, either go full time in property or, in fact, go part time in property. And so you have have, your, have a lifestyle that, that, that works. Mm -hmm. How do you think that what you bring, Kylie, what, what advice could you give to somebody who's kind of at that point of thinking they want to do it? But what 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 practical tips could you yeah. have? So I think I think there's some key things. I think that um, the way that you stand out in um, any sort of marketplace is to be a specialist. So if you can kind of target what you're doing. So one of the things you've done really effectively in your brand is you're a very strong specialist. People know what you stand for. People know what you do. Now, you might do other investments. You might do other things in the background. But your core thing is you know what you do and what you stand for. So start to think about your specialism area and build a brand around that specialism. 
So I always say it's like the handyman and the plumber who gets paid more. Simple, the plumber does. Um, you know, so you can either be the handyman of the property industry or you can be the plumber and become the specialist. So start to think about building your brand around some sort of specialist area, whether that's your strategy or what you're doing. Um, you know, it's really, really important to start to think about that. Um, it could be a local area, couldn't right. it? Well, I yeah, local area. On social media who yes. focus on their local area and they yep. do videos and promote their local area as an investing hotspot, even though they might be investing in other parts of the UK, but they focus on that specific area as their specialism, as their niche, if you like. Yeah, and I think that's the key as well, because one of the things I always say is go narrow first. You can always go wider later. So um, because if you can build that credibility up first and, and fast, like you said, whether it's a local street, whether it's a local area, whatever it is, is that you'll get known very, very fast for that person. Um, and then it's consistency. As you know, it's consistent. That keeps you going is you have to show up consistency. And I think that that's where, um, especially over the last sort of stuff with everything going on with COVID and all that sort of thing, is people are looking for longevity so people will be looking for the people that stay strong they'll be looking for the people that still show up in the marketplace so being visible at the moment is really really important um, and they want to link arms with you so that's the other thing I always think start small um, I always hear people go oh I have to build you know all these investors I have to attract all these people in I'm like do you really do you really need that i think actually probably most people need three or four good investors so it's like how can you really develop those relationships so uh, when i was in my estate agency so when i started in the estate agency office i was just in in um, sales at the time and then i slowly took over the branch and i started running the branch um, but what i did really effectively was again i niched into a market i realized everyone was ignoring the mums and yet the mums was the biggest market in that place now i'm not a mum so I couldn't relate that way, but I knew how to tap into them. Um, and the women made the decisions and it's like no one was tapping in. So I played heavily on the fact I was the only female sales manager in the whole of the area. Um, and I used that to my benefit because it made me stand out from the crowd. So, uh, you know, how can you build that local relationship? Because it meant I just got referrals. People came to me. They're like, oh, great. So good to deal with a woman. Um, you know, because word got out there. Um, so I think that that's really key is, like you said, is really target into your area um, and get very specific, get known before you go wide. Everyone tries to do too much, but you don't need to for what most people actually want to achieve. Yeah, so I really like that. I, 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 I think that's that's true that having a, a small group of investors, for example, if you're if you're looking to uh, utilize the, the funds of other people, it's far better to have a handful of quality investors who you can go to and you can present opportunities or deals or, or packages to and work with them rather than spend too much time trying to get so many people on your database that actually don't really know you, you don't really know them. And of course, you then get into difficulties with the FCA regulations as well. So far better to try and find two or three people who are actually going to be long term investors who want to build that relationship with you and potentially also in building that brand with you as well, which is you know even more exciting when that happens that's it yeah and i think then the next one is um i'd create assets obviously um you know what i'm like i'm always about packaging your knowledge in some way <laughs> so i'm like think about creating assets as you go along so you don't have to start with big things like you might not want to be obviously doing any training or anything like that when you get started but start to think about the little things so um you know i've watched obviously loads of people go leaps and bounds with podcasts and interviews you know they are exceptionally well at getting you noticed um because 
because again, you show up consistently when you do it. Um, you can create guides. We did a, um, a free guide for one of the property guys over COVID and you know, he's added 700 people to his list during COVID. Um, you know, they've provided nothing but value during that time period. But guess who want to work with them now? You know, as things come out of lockdown, it's like, you know, it, it, it gets noticed. Um, you know, Wendy, obviously books, books people love. Um, so once you've got some experience, you've got some credibility behind you, books are fabulous for getting noticed, aren't they? Creating assets that bring in people into your business. Um, so start to think about how are you creating assets that people are going to find over time. So like videos, um, they don't go away. They go on your YouTube channel. They're always there for people to find. So how can people find you um, and how can you build that up over time consistently? So I think that's the other thing. I think you've done that really effectively. I know in your business, Wendy. So, Thank yeah. You. Well, I must admit that YouTube was a little bit scary to me for a long time, but recently I've put a lot more effort into YouTube and I've got a lot more videos that I'm recording and, and uh, I'm putting out there because people keep asking me, oh, please, could you share about this? Or I don't know about this. Or could you help me with that? So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to do a bit more on YouTube and grow the YouTube side of things because I can see how popular it is and how valuable it is as well, actually. Just, they stay there, don't they? That's the thing, the assets that work for you 24-7 because yeah. especially if you work on, um, like you said, answering questions is one of the best ways to do things because if you think about why you go to Google, why do we go to Google normally? to ask a question <laughs> so normally it's like how do I do this or what about this where do I find this so if you're answering questions in your videos generally you're going to get found as well so um you know using that simple strategy I know a few people that have built their whole sort of social media just answering questions consistently so you don't have to be this big guru of you know creating these massive training videos and all that sort of thing you just need to start so start documenting your journey as well so um, again, if you're just getting started, the way that you get noticed is to start to document, you know, like you do document a viewing. You've been out looking at a new property today. Um, you know, when you get a successful deal and you want to document that, you want to make it visual so people can see they can follow your journey. Um, I remember one of the girls telling me last year that one of her biggest investors had watched her for three years grow. Um, and when she got to a stage where he was comfortable, literally biggest investor she's got. Um, because he'd been watching her consistently show up, he'd been consistently following her journey, she'd seen how she'd got to where she'd got to, she'd obviously done a few deals by then, but then that was when he was ready. So again, you never know who's watching you in relation to kind of what you do, and that's why it's so important to have that, that presence. Mm. So the word that I've heard from you probably 10 times in the last two minutes is consistency. And I'm the worst for it, by the way. Learn from your own, your own sort of things. I'm the worst at consistency on social media. It's so funny. But I have funnels, so I run funnels instead um, because my business is slightly different. I have funnels running that bring me in consistent clients. Um, but, yeah, it, consistency is the key because it shows people a um, few things. It builds up the trust because, obviously, they know you're staying around. Um, you know, the industry is renowned for people coming and going quite fast. You know, people give up, it gets all a bit too hard, so they quit too quickly. Um, so um, showing up and staying consistent on social media, it builds trust with people like that. When they're looking for people, they're going, oh, yeah, they've been around for a while. They've shown up. They're there. They're doing what, they do, what they're doing. Um, so, again, the faster you can get consistent, even if it's just showing up once a week at the same time, um, you know, choose a day, choose a day, stick to it and be there for it. 
Um, well, it will really the interview. Generally, I do it Thursday midday. This is Wendy weekly time slot, and I know that I could get better at promoting it. And uh, we had a bit of a chat about that before. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen anything, Wendy. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Some of those mornings today we, we're due to complete on a on a on a property purchase, um, and we we just found out today it's been delayed again. And oh, it's I've had to be liaising with the estate agent and the solicitor um, and people. So see that as an estate agent, mate, is that just brings back awful memories. <laughs> it's one of the things you do not miss is doing deals in the UK. <laughs> and, um, um, we have a very poor conveyance uh, system, system drives you mad, yeah. Absolutely. And it's always the estate agents that get blamed too, poor guys. <laughs> we were always the one, but you're always the middle person. You're just the juggler in between. It's like, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. Most yeah. of the time, it's out of your control. So, so somebody's trying to, I mean, social media nowadays is, is one of the key ways in which you can create that online presence, that online brand. Uh, some people find it easy. They're, they're naturally very good at it. They're, they're good at being out there. They don't worry too much about what they look like, what they sound like, you know, what they're saying even. You, they just get out there and do it. And I yeah. really applaud those people because I'm not one of them. <laughs> Despite what it might seem like, I actually find it quite a challenge um, because naturally I'm I'm an organiser. I like to be behind the scenes, directing things happening. I like to create teams that work for me. And I'm really, if, if, I, if I was in a theatre, I would be the director or the producer. I would yep. not be the star of the show. I wouldn't be on the stage. Whereas I know other people are much better at that. They're, that's much more naturally where they're, they're, they're suited and they're able to, to do that. So... Um, for people who perhaps are a little bit more shy or a bit more reticent about using social media, what what tips could you give them to kind of get started and, and maybe get over themselves? That was something that Rob Moore from Progressive Property once said to me, Wendy, you've just got to get over yourself. Yeah, and I, I've been told that too because it's your own ego. It's like, because the thing is, okay, so there's a couple of things there, really, really good points there, is one is um, you have to get over the, the, the worrying about do I get any likes or comments? for starters um, because social media is a weird thing it's like quite often you won't get any notice at all and it's like as I always call it, it's like a snowball effect isn't it it's like you know you'll be trudging along for weeks and nothing will happen and you might get a couple of likes here and there a few comments maybe and then all of a sudden you'll start to see some traction so again this is where consistency pays because if you are consistent people then go oh they'll be on live at Thursday I'll jump in I'll listen to that so um, again um, that sort of that feeling of don't worry about it being about likes and comments because that's the one thing that stops people because they go oh no one's no one's watched my stuff no one saw my video um, so ignore that it's going to happen so be prepared that it's going to happen um, and that's okay because the right person needs to hear your message when they need to hear it so again it's like you've got to get out of your own ego way because someone needs to hear what you're doing so whether they need to follow your journey and see how cool you are whether they need to understand what you're doing in property because it might inspire them to do it whether they want to invest and they're right trying to find that right person to invest with someone needs to hear your story and when they're ready to hear it they'll hear it so again move that ego out of the way and just get on with it basically um, but the other thing is I always think that people worry about being judged people worry about oh my god what if what if so and so sees it or what if this person sees it um, and my thought process I guess I grew up quite young um, I lost a brother quite young so for me I was always like I don't care whatever anyone thinks I don't care um, so but it's an asset for me in my business now because 
someone's going to judge you no matter what, whether you do it or you don't do it. So you might as well do something that's going to help you, then you can help others down the track. Simple as that. Um, if you just don't do it, you're not going to grow. There's no way you're going to grow your business in this day and age because it's the first thing that people go to. They, they literally turn to social media to check you out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it is kind of getting over the ego. <laughs> and from a method point of view, again, don't try and record. Um, like people try and record. They seem to want to start with recorded videos first um, and they're the hardest to do. <laughs> like when I do sales videos, it takes me so much longer because they're recorded, they're scripted, they're kind of, you know, um, whereas I can just jump on online and share something really quickly. So, again, um, even it's the fear factor of hitting that live button, go live first. Um, have a conversation, um, do this sort of thing. You know, no disrespect, this is a great way to do it where you don't have to be that that front runner person if you don't want to be. Um, you know, having interviews and chatting, but isn't it so much nicer to have a chat and a conversation rather than maybe you sit there and have to do it yourself? So, um, you know, go with what feels comfortable. I think that's the thing. But and then there's also that oh, I will kick you and go just do it and get over yourself because it's not about you. In the end, it's actually not about you. Mm. So that, that's a really good point. I think that's worth remembering. Um, and there's a comment in the in the chat panel here from Andrew who says, that he struggles with consistency because he might not feel that he's got much to share, you know, in between doing viewings because property, as we know, can be a very slow process. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't perhaps much new content week in, week out. Maybe, you know, you might be following a refurb or you might be doing, like I say, this, this purchase of, of ours has been going through for four months. Well, we would have got pretty bored if every week I said, hey, Yeah, here we go again. Go on, Wendy's off again. <laughs> so what do you do if, you know, that, that's the situation that you might be doing a refurb or you're, you're purchasing or you just feel that your property journey is going quite slowly? How can you find content to, to share? Yeah, so, um, but I always do like do five or ten minutes on YouTube and get inspired for starts. I mean, YouTube's just got a wealth of knowledge. You'll pick up a topic. So what I tend to do when I get started was I used to look just for headlines, look for blog headlines, look for things that are going on in the industry. What can you comment on? Um, you know, where do you have an opinion on something that's happening maybe in the marketplace at the moment? So you want to do an array of posts as well, because not everyone, you don't want everyone to see 100% your property journey either. Uh, you know, you can do things like mindset posts. You can do things like, you know, um, your own life, obviously, lifestyle posts. So you can mix it up as well. Not everyone, you don't need to be 100% doing property. Um, you know, that's not always about that. It's about everything that goes with that as well. Um, so the keys, yeah, gain some inspiration. I always just, if I get really bored and I think, God, I don't know what I'm doing, um, I jump on YouTube and then I start to look for the questions that people are answering. So what do I need to answer today? Um, same with forums. You know, you guys normally in property forums, look at the common questions that are coming up. Look at all the sort of discussions that are happening. And can you put a short video around it? It might not be you can't answer the whole thing yet, depending on where your experience level is. Um, but you might even just start a conversation about it. So be the person that starts the conversation about a topic because that's going to get your profile looked at. People are going to come into your profile to, to get involved in the chat. Um, so, but again, um, and this is where, again, choose a platform that you love. Choose one platform and stay on it. Um, get comfortable with that platform first and then start to build your profile from there step by step. Yeah. 
And that's that's a good advice as well because I think it can feel very overwhelming to be on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, <laughs> Instagram, yes. TikTok. You know, and the, the, these. I haven't even gone on TikTok yet. I'm like, uh, well, no, am I missing I'm anything? Fine. No. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and I know, I know it's about viral views and I get it. And there's a side of me that says, oh, I probably should, but have I lost anything in my business the last three months because I'm not? No. <laughs> and I think, I think you have got to ask yourself, where are my potential partners, uh, so, uh, people who are going to maybe find me deals, people who might be interested in renting, renting properties or rooms from me? Where are those people hanging out? Now, yes. I'm sure that some of them are hanging out on TikTok, but I would yeah, think possibly tenants probably and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I think as a proportion, mostly it's going to be probably a bit more like LinkedIn, which is a bit more of a professional forum, um, and, and probably Facebook as well, because we know that the uh, you know the age demographic on Facebook has, has sort of you know it, when, when Facebook started, oh, what was it twenty years ago or something? It was twenty somethings, but all of those twenty somethings are now forty somethings. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it hasn't really changed. Has it? It's the same yeah. thing with Facebook. This is it. And again, it depends what type of content you like to create. Like, you know, some people are writers, they love written posts, long posts and stuff like that. So, um, you know, if you're really good at just jumping on, like I've got one guy I know that just loves the short stories on Instagram and I hate them. I'm like, what's the point of them? I'm like, I don't do this five second thing. It just makes no sense to me at all. But he loves it. And that's how he gets noticed. So again, find what you love to do. Um, definitely for you guys on a LinkedIn profile, you know, you can't go past LinkedIn for your, especially for investors and kind of um, the higher level, because that is where they are. They're looking for that sort of high level discussion on LinkedIn. Um, so having a presence on LinkedIn and again, building your network on there is is so important. Um, it really is. You can't. Yeah. And the organic reach on LinkedIn is actually quite good at the moment. Really wow. good. That's, yeah. that's really useful to know. That's really yeah. useful. Um, one of the things too um, from a LinkedIn perspective you might want to do is if you've got mates in the property industry and you're all around property is if you want to grow your LinkedIn organic reach um, we have a WhatsApp group for example where we as soon as we post something we post then we share the link in our WhatsApp group and as many comment on it as they can within the first hour um, and that sends your literally your organic reach through the through the roof so That's if you can it's a really good way to get noticed and start to get your literally positioning. So when I first started doing that, my posts were getting about 20 to 30 likes. Now they're over eight, 900 on a regular basis and if not growing. So um, it's a really good thing to do to get a few mates together and just um, we did it about eight of us works really well because there's normally about four or five around. So if someone's not around, if they're busy, they don't have to comment. There's no pressure to comment, um, but it does work really effectively to grow your organic reach on on LinkedIn. Mm. I, I love that, and I suppose also because it's a, it's a WhatsApp group, so you basically all kind of know each other, and you've got yeah. you 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 are kind of looking after each other's backs, aren't you? You are, yeah. And the algorithms on on LinkedIn, if you can get it, especially within the first hour, it says, "Oh wow, this content's really valuable," and it goes boom. And that's how you get out there very, very quickly. Yeah, so it's a really good little little easy free tool, again, for growth. So, um, you know, you're talking about social media before. It's like, why should people bother? It's free. Hello. How many times in a business years ago would you have wanted free marketing? <laughs> you know, when you look back at the businesses before, they would they didn't have these opportunities to us now. Now we have all this free marketing available to us, and I still don't get businesses that don't embrace it. It just amazes me. 
like there's millions of people on these platforms guys <laughs> yes very true so so carly another question um yes. when it comes to the balance between business output and personal output mm -hmm. what uh, what would you say to somebody who's maybe uh, thinking about well i'd love to yeah i don't have quite enough business output yet because i'm not prolific i haven't maybe my business is still very nascent or uh, you know i've just got one or two properties and you know things are a little bit slow at the moment how do you get that balance right so that people don't kind of think oh this is another one of her stories of her children or, her yeah. or whatever how do you get that balance right yeah i think that is the thing and i think the the thing is i think you know most of the time it's like um it's quite funny i'm in the middle of obviously my fitness challenge this week which is killing me because i'm doing two 75 minute sessions um, and I looked at my profile today, yeah, I was like, I looked at my profile today and I thought, oh my God, it's all fitness, the last five posts. And I'm like, there's no business posts in there, which is really rare for me. So I was like, oh, I've got to ramp it up today and do some in, in, sort of posts. So I think, you know, it's like your friends. So I always treat social media a little bit like your friends. And the fact that if you're sitting there having the same conversation over and over again, your friends are going to get bored and they're not going to talk to you. It's the same. So, um, you know, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason. Go with what your market's about. Um, but I tend to go sort of, I guess, about three to one if I can not most of the time. Or if I'm sharing something, so this is the other thing that I do a lot of now where I didn't used to when I first started on social media, is if I'm sharing something personal, I'm trying to put a spin on it as to why it helps my audience as well. So that's actually one of the best things to do. So you'll see my post this morning, I wrote my before and after shot, wasn't pretty, um, this morning after my session this morning, but I was like, but why do they care about that? So it's not just about you sharing, you know, I don't care what food you ate, I don't care that you've been to the gym, but it's the message behind that that can impact them. So for me, that was about people quit too quickly. Like this is hump day. It's like this is the continuation. This is where most people give up after one advert in their Facebook ads or they give up after one funnel or they give up after one video because um, they haven't got the traction they wanted. So that was the spin I put on me sharing my personal journey. So, and I think that's always a thing. If you're looking to attracting customers or you're looking to attracting investors, things like that, you've got to always remember what's in it for them. Um, you know, why do they care that you've just gone out and eaten this most beautiful gourmet food? You might want to share the picture because it's your life, but kind of what's the spin on it? What's the angle towards your clients as much as possible? Um, so that's the way you kind of get away from the the boring kind of, yeah, I have to shed five kid shops as well it's like why do they care about that well actually because you've got the freedom to do it yeah yeah you know? so why do they care that you're sharing your shots of that you went to the football with your kids today you know it's not just about going to the kids and having fun it's the fact that actually do you know what you've worked hard you've built up a successful business that allows you to do this so it yeah. gives you that freedom that's what they care about yeah um so they still get to know you but that's how they actually get to care about what your actual content is a lot more mm. Now, um, another question that that occurs to me is, so let, let's assume somebody's kind of got started, they're starting to become a bit more familiar with social media, they're doing more posts. How can they then translate that into a monetizing, monetizing their business? 
Yes. First one is ask for the business. <laughs> Most people don't. It amazes me. Like you go to profiles and you're like, there's never any business related. Um, so always think about calls to action. So what is it you actually want your people to do? So um, I was used to say, treat them like a five-year-old and repeat it and actually tell them explicitly what you want them to do from your content um, because they don't know unless you tell them. So if you want them to share your post, tell them to share your post. If you want them to book a call with you, get them to book a call with you. So um, that sounds really obvious, but so many people don't do it. Um, so have a really clear call to action. Understand your customer journey. So think about um, if you're putting out specific content is where is your customer going next? What is the actual customer journey you want to take them on? How are they going to get to know you? How can they potentially buy from you? And what is that process? So have a really clear customer journey. Um, again, I, go, I quite often go to websites and I think, oh, they've done this great content and then there's no way to buy from them. There's no way to actually, you know, I can, I do it sometimes. I go to work with me pages and I think, oh, great. This is great. This consultancy sounds fabulous. And guess what? There's no call to action whatsoever. So have a really strong call to action and get people to understand where your customer journey is. Um, so making sure that you've got some offers, like what are you actually wanting them to do? Now that could just be to book a call. It could be to have a conversation with you. You might want them to fill out a form before they get on the phone with you. Um, it could be you want to sell something. So what is it you actually want to do? How can you actually monetize that? Um, and then the other thing is obviously build your list over time. So you know this. Um, it's really important that somehow, if shape or form, if you can, get them onto your personal email list. And the reason being that's when you can monetize when you most need it. So whether you then decide to um, do maybe some property sourcing, you might be sourcing properties and suddenly you've got a whole list to send people to that particular property you found that week. Or you might have got to the stage where you might write a book and you're like, great, who can I sell it to? Wow, I've built this list up of a thousand people over the last whatever. I've got someone to sell my book to. So again, build your list before you actually need it is one of the things I always say as well. Um, so kind of, yeah, hopefully that helps. And then have the conversations, be available for conversations. Um, remember, if you're wanting investors, if you're wanting deals, they need to know how they can actually work with you. Where are you sending them? Um, I think that's the most important thing. And I think that, that that's incredibly valuable because I think that, that that can be the the scary step when you start to think, right, I'm going to have to maybe invest in a client relationship management CRM system. Yeah. Uh, I, I use Active Campaign. But this is one I use. I prefer it. Um, others, of course, are available. Um, but that that. To a certain degree, I think, though, committing to using those tools, even if there's a small cost per month to your business, yes. I think it takes you from seeing yourself as being an amateur to being a professional. And, yes. you know, a lot of what you're talking about, Kylie, is actually committing. It's consistency, but it's also commitment. And actually, you need the mental commitment, don't you? You need to say, right, I am in this for the long term. I'm not just going to do this for six months and bug out. I'm going to give myself two years at the minimum. Oh, come on, I want it tomorrow, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make a million tomorrow. Oh, seriously. But it is, you're so right, that you've really touched on a really good point there because we, we're such in a, what I call a quick win type world at the moment. Everyone wants quick wins. And the problem is they don't set themselves up for longevity of success. 
And I see this all the time. And it's like, you know, it's these little things that actually create long-term success in your business. So if you are wanting to get in there, like you said, and you're wanting to actually build a proper property business, then you need to have these things in place. Um, but don't leave it till later when you kick yourself and go, oh, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd built that slowly. Because, you know, if you're adding 10 or 15 followers a month to your list, you've suddenly got this huge opportunity down the track as well. Um, and when things like COVID happen and you need to pivot or you need to change or you might need to offer a different service or something needs to shift, guess what? You've got a community already built up that you can actually potentially market to. So um, I think that's the thing. It creates that sustainability in a business when you're building up those sorts of assets. People yeah. really underestimate this. It amazes me. And then they wonder why their business stops, though, when things happen. Like I'm working with a therapist at the moment. Incredible being on international stages. Like she has huge credibility, doesn't have an email list of over 100 people. Wow. And I think, like, how have you stand on big stages and you do not have an email list? But she wonders why then her business stops if she's not doing all the marketing. And it's like, because you have no way of communicating with these people that love you. Like, yeah. it's simple as that. And it's, yeah, so the simplest effect of her business will triple next year just from that one simple process of creating a list. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So these are really, as you say, they're simple tools, but they take commitment, they take time. And one of the things that I often tell my mentoring clients is, you know, it's far better at the beginning of the week to look at your diary and plan when you are going to execute. Because if you just hope that it's going to happen, it's not going to happen, is it? Right, because there'll be something else shiny that comes along. Oh, there's that viewing I've got to go to or I've got to talk to that investor because you think that's more important. So you're going to do those things before you'll do some of this basic stuff. So, again, consistency. So set yourself up. How often are you going to do it? It might just be once a week in your diary. Put it in once a week as a non – it's a committed. It stays there. So every Monday are you emailing out your list to say hello to let them know what's going on? to share what's happening in your community, whatever it is that you actually need to get out there. Um, you know, share a podcast if you've done one, share the video you've done, whatever it is, building that consistency into your list for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it does. It's like you said, it's a real business rather than just a hobby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was amazing to me that people cringe at spending like 15 bucks or something a month on a software that can basically bring them potentially thousands down the track. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think that that is often the mindset shift that people struggle with is that yeah. they this is running alongside what they're also doing. Mm -hmm. And they see that this is running alongside their, their you know, main job or their main income. And to start with, it's very much part time and they have to do it, you know, evenings and weekends. But I think even if it's only evenings and weekends, you can pick there are other people online evenings and weekends. And yes. they're still looking at, I mean, I don't do much stuff in the evenings and weekends because that's kind of my time off um, during the day. But um, I do do some things at evenings and weekends, tend to do online <laughs> training and things like that. But very often, uh, you know, just taking your phone, and as you said earlier, doing a live when you're doing a viewing, uh, doing a live when you are going to check on a property, uh, doing a live when you're have you, you as you say you just maybe heard some a piece of news um you know about tenants or about lockdown do a quick live to your community and yeah. one thing i would also say is that if you if you are nervous about doing that which i can very much relate to yeah. <laughs> do a quick run through first 
don't put your phone on live, but hold your phone up, do a quick run through in your head, say to yourself, yeah, that, that was good enough, yeah. Then click the live and go live. Yeah. And you've done a bit of a rehearsal so you, you know what you're going to say. And that often helps. It helps to settle your nerves. And it makes you, it, as you said earlier, it's about ego. If your ego is kind of telling you, oh, you've got to be Mrs. Perfect before you can do it. Well, you're never going to do you're it. Never, but you'll never get perfect either. Because, it, you know, I mean, when I first started, oh, I want to go back to some of my original videos. And I, I was Miss Corporate Girls. So I was like this and I was so spoken. And I like it was just awful. It was so rigid. It wasn't me. And it was because, and most of the time it was scripted. So it was like how to get noticed by investors. You know, it was awful. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's got me to where I am today. So um, that's the other thing. And no one knows whether you've done something wrong. That's the other thing I always hear. Oh, but I missed this bit. And it's like, does it matter? No one else knows you missed a bit <laughs> except for you. Yeah. Um, so one of the key, one of the easiest structures I always think about with videos is like a quick title. What's going to grab their attention? What's something I can say about it? Have I got one or two bullet points? And then what's my call to action? And if you can kind of keep that in your head all the time, then you'll get used to just kind of flowing with the structure as well. Um, because that's what you want to do. You want to grab their attention. Why do they care? Again, always ask that question. Why do they care? What's in it for them? It's not about you. It's why do they care? Um, and then, yeah, what's one or two or three key things that you're thinking about you want to talk about? And then what's the call to action from that? Yeah, but you're not going to get it right all the time. I miss call to actions all the time. I get chatty. I forget stuff. It doesn't matter. Um, the key that matters is you get visible. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Visibility yeah. is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carly, I think that's that's absolutely fantastic. I know that for a lot of people who are on the group, they might have thought, well, you know, why, why do I need information from a, a, an expert impact expert? <laughs> uh, you know, because uh, I'm in property. I, I'm not in yes. market. But you know, we are. This is very much about marketing, isn't it? Um, everything's about marketing nowadays like um you can't hide from it there's no two ways about it you know um unfortunately social media social media itself has created a more visible world it's simple it's more transparent it's more um you know obviously there's loads of fake stuff on there too but it does create that more transparency because people want to check you out they want to know what's going on um so you really can't hide from it so one of the things is embrace it and make it part of everything you do um, I always say start to think like a marketer. So every opportunity, everything you do, there's a marketing angle you could potentially use it for. Yeah. Great, great. My sweaty gym shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, the other thing is that even if you're out and about and you take lots of photos and you don't use one of them, that could be a great photo to use in your marketing. It could be a great photo on Facebook. You know, it's, it, the more the merrier, I always say. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there are times when I will put my phone away and I'll say to my family, that's it, the phone's going away, we're going to have a conversation or we're going to have interaction and there's no social media here. But other times I'll say to them, listen, guys, today I need to do some photos. So when we're out and about, if you don't want to be in them, get out of the way. But I need, to, I need yeah. to just share with people what I'm up to and what's going yeah. on in my life. And I like that about putting your phone away too, Wendy, because I do that quite often. So I'll still use opportunities when I'm out and about, but then my phone goes away. I'm very much, I'm a very 
um, my friends hate me because I always make them put all their phones away. <laughs> so I'm very much who I'm present with is who I'm with most of the time, when, especially when I'm out. So um, I'm very much like quick selfie, done, over, put my phone away and gone, and yeah. then I'll do the post later. So, again, um, you know, unless, like you said, it's a mate and we're doing a live video and we're having a bit of fun or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, but seeing those as opportunities, I think that's what people don't realise is that, they they sit, they don't understand how that can translate into a really good message for their customers most of the time. Um, but you got to remember, people are buying into your lifestyle as well as what you're actually doing. They're buying into your journey and you, and that's how you develop the trust and people get to know, like, and trust you. Yeah, which yeah. is the key to creating a profitable long-term business. Long-term business, exactly. Yeah, it is. Great stuff. Yes. So Kylie, thank you. It's been fabulous today. Really, really enjoyed it. It is actually really refreshing just to have somebody who's not totally immersed in HMOs. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a business that helps people who are doing HMOs, but also you work with a wide variety of other people as well who are looking to increase their, their impact through their niche and their expertise. That's it. Yeah, that's my main baby. Yes. <laughs> if interested, how can they you know work with you further how could they find out more about what you do and maybe how you could help them yeah of course uh, obviously you can find me on most of the social media platforms i'm on i hang out a lot on linkedin now much more than i do normally um so you can definitely find me just under my name you'll find me either on linkedin or on facebook most of the time um and um best way to do it is to normally just book a call with me if you're thinking about so wanting to create maybe some sort of online course program or you want to know how to package up your knowledge in a different way, then the best thing normally is just to have a chat with me and we can bounce some ideas. And do you do you have programs that people can join? Yeah, do, yeah. and that's why it's called Expert to Impact because that's my program because my goal is to take your expertise and create a bigger impact. Um, so I've got varying different programs. I've either got the initial 12-week one where you can literally create, start, and launch a program. Um, and um, you'll know some of the guys I've worked with in the industry. I've worked with property people before. Um, so one of my clients has gone on to do over 200K last year with their program. So, um, yeah, I know how to launch launch very quickly. Um, but, again, you've got to have an audience. So this is why the audience and marketing is so important because they spent 12 months building their audience before they sold to them. So really important. Um, but. Um, yeah, so basically it's about creating and launching ideally. Um, but what it also does is help you get really clear on your niche, your message, um, how you position yourself in the marketplace, whether you want to be an Asda or Waitrose. It's like what type of um, business model will work for you as well. Um, but again, it's trying to be complementary to what they already do. That's my main aim. Um, so it's not about distracting from your existing business. It's how can you add this into your current business? Is there a way that you can actually create some additional income streams? Excellent, excellent. That's really good. So uh, I think there's, there's there's lots there that people can go on, whether they're just starting out in property, whether they've maybe already got a few properties and they're launching into HMOs, mm -hmm. whether they are looking at diversifying, whether they're looking at attracting investors, deals, Marketing works for any business that you are in, any 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 um, industry where you need clients and customers. I know that your methodology works, and I know it's very very powerful. Thank you, appreciate that. No, absolutely. It happened, Kylie. I know some of the people you've been working with, and it's, it's <laughs> to see their results as well, which is. Yeah, and it's the little things I like to watch. You know, it's like the one on, on COVID where I was working with um, Doug and that. I love Doug and that. And, um, you know, from Start Property, you know, all we did was build their list. 
like literally they gave away some free time during COVID. They actually gave the proceeds of what they were doing to the NHS. Um, but they built a list of over 700 people, you know, mm. in a really short space of time. Um, and so they know now they've got that network. They can use it. They're tapping into it now. They've done deals already from it. Um, so, again, it's just that sort of small process that you can do on a consistent basis, um, which means then life gets easier because it's like that snow snowball effect. As you build it, as you grow it, as you develop it, then basically you can tap into it when you need. Yeah, brilliant. Great. Well, listen, we look forward to seeing you online very, very soon. Thank you for your time. Wonderful. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the HMO Success Podcast. If you'd like to know more about how you can create a profitable HMO business, please visit our website, hmosuccess.co.uk, to find out more. We have plenty of free tools and information for you there, and also on our Facebook group, the ultimate HMO success system. We look forward to connecting with you very soon. Thanks for listening.